Rescue the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most free, successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. special Defending Freedom Convoy segment is the national organizer of the People's Convoy, Maureen Steele. 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 The great patriot, Maureen Steele. Maureen, can you get us up today? I know you're going to have a rally tonight. Speakers, tell us what's going on. I'm here at the event center. Um, it, is, it is exciting. There are thousands and thousands Good evening and welcome to Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino, your host, and of course, sitting right next to me, as always, the co-host and co-founder of Rescue the Fosters, Miss Sylvia Beachy. Sylvia, how are you this evening? I'm good, Gino. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Looking forward to another show of exposing uh, this horrendous system that's called Family Court and the corruption that's there. Um, our guest tonight, we have known for about a year now. Uh, she has helped us in some matters with the Megan Walsh case, and we are very appreciative of that. But she is up against her own uh, corruption right now, and we're trying to expose it from both ends of the family court, whether it's with the children being taken or the divorce side of it. There's a lot of custody cases and just horrendous things going on. and. Uh, John and Maureen will be here to discuss that in a moment. So I am going to go ahead and read Maureen's bio, and then we will get right at it. Uh, Maureen Steele has been called the mother of the People's Convoy. Maureen spearheaded the collaboration between the Canadian-born Freedom Convoy and the American truckers during the COVID lockdowns. This historic event was the first time that citizens from neighboring countries joined forces to protest against their respective governments. She authored the Truckers Declaration that called for an end to the emergency powers and demanded accountability. Maureen was also a major player in the nationwide walkout, which called out the FAA and the airline leaders regarding the dangers of mandates in regards to the pilots, their crews, and the traveling public. Maureen has appeared on nationally syndicated shows such as War Room with Steve Bannon, Dan Bongino, Eric Bowling, John B. Wells, BBC News, and several other media outlets. Maureen Steele, welcome to Rescue the Fosters. How are you this evening? I'm good, Gino. How are you guys? Thanks for having us on. Oh, thank you so much. It's our pleasure. And like I said uh, in the opening here, Maureen, we are so thankful for the help that you've offered us and the names and resources for Megan Walsh's case. 
we're, that's mm-hmm. still an ongoing case. Uh, we're working on that diligently, trying to bring justice in her um, custody battle with her children. But tonight's story is about you and your husband, John. And uh, you called us a couple weeks ago and we discussed what was going on. And it's just, it's unbelievable that in this country, in the day and age we live in, that this is actually going on. And most people are unaware of what's happening in our court systems. Uh, they might understand it from, uh, you know, watching their lo- some of the news, even though the news isn't really giving them the full story. Uh, but we have a real problem with families. And it's our contention here at Rescue the Fosters that this is intentional. Uh, it is, they knew, the enemy knew they couldn't get us from without, they're doing it from within. So they took God out of the schools, God out of everything. And then they, what did they do? They started going after the, the family, the nuclear family. And your story is a very fascinating one and needs attention. So Maureen and John, thank you guys so much for coming on and, and the platform's yours. Oh, thanks guys. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I'm always the person that gets the phone calls from everyone, all the emergency calls when everyone needs help with legal issues. And here I am, you know, in an absolute, you know, legal quagmire right now. So just to fill everyone in, um, John and I are both, this is our second marriage for both of us. And um, John was divorced um, back in 2011. And um, they decided at that time to just not uh, use lawyers. They had three children that were all young at the time and um, decided to mediate. And right out of the gate, um, you know, I'm also a divorce mediator. I'm a paralegal, as as you guys well know. And uh, there was no mediation that took place at all. He walked into the mediator's office and was handed um, paperwork for alimony and child support. It was already worked out. And I mean, being a mediator, you do it in three sessions, typically three, three hour sessions, you know, ironing out, um, you know, custody and holidays and then division of the assets. And then the last day I would always save it for, you know, 401k or retirement or whatever. Um, And none of that took place. Um, It was just, here's what you owe in child support and alimony based on your income. And when we, I went back recently to redo the calculations, it, it, it appears her income was never even calculated and she was making a six figure income on her own. So one of the things that, um, you know, John didn't realize at the time was that basically wasn't told it by the mediator who was a lawyer, uh, was told he had to pay alimony in Colorado. The, um, statute is, you know, someone's need and the other's ability to pay. So given that she had a hefty six-figure income on her own, it would never, if it had gone in front of a judge and wasn't, you know, done by a mediator who was clearly corrupt, um, you know, she never would have been awarded alimony in the first place. And uh, it was a hefty alimony. They wanted $8,000 a month for six years, plus 2,500 in child support on top of that. So, um, you know, John blanched in the office and blanched more than blanched. (laughs) And he, uh, and and they said, well, we'll take it easy on you. You know, we'll work out a deal with you. You know, you can pay $5,000 a month for the first three years, $4,000 a month for the next three years, and then uh, $2,000 a month for the last three years. So they'll stretch it out over nine years. And that was a deal when in reality, he never would have been ordered to pay that in the first place. And then, of course, he was more than willing to pay uh, child support. But when you figure it out, 
today on the Colorado child support calculator, if you plug in, you know, her six-figure income, his six-figure income, he never would have been paying her $2,500. They just maxed it out. And he didn't know. He trusted the lawyer slash mediator was giving him accurate advice. So he goes to court, signs the paperwork voluntarily, and just thought, well, I'm going to have to make more money. I'm going to have to make this work somehow. Like so many men do. Like they don't want to let their family mm -hmm. down. They don't want to let their kids down. It's a pride thing for men. So um, anyway, you know, I meet him a few years later and that's when I, you know, see what's going on and uh, you fell in love with the coach. Oh, that's it. Okay. Oh, that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's yeah. important. Yeah. <laughs> that's very important. So um, anyway, you know, it, it just progressed with the demands for money. And on top of this, this is what was even more astounding was he had this enormous amount to pay. And on top of that, his ex-wife, Shannon, told him he had to split childhood expenses with her and she would determine what the expenses are. So, you know, and they included veil ski passes, new ski equipment for the kids, you know, just luxury items, travel, all of these things, you know, summer camps that were $5,000 a week um, and just told you're going to, you know, you owe me $2,500 for the summer camp. There's no discussion. There's nothing. So, you know, all of that was, um, it just, it puts a father in a position where he feels like nothing but a walking wallet, just an ATM machine. Um, none of the holiday schedule was adhered to, none of the drop-offs and pickups. And we've joined, I don't know, probably a dozen fathers groups since this started just like a month ago. And, you know, we really thought when this all went down on August 17th for us, um, that our story was extraordinary and unique. And what I've learned is it's commonplace. And this is the norm that fathers are relegated to this position of just an ATM machine and mothers withhold the children. They badmouth the father to the children. Your father's a deadbeat, this, that. And it's so detrimental. We have this movement in this country with everyone saying, oh, fathers are so important. Our jails are full of, of men that did not have a good father. Yet what I've learned is that there's so many good fathers out there and they are deprived of their children because of bitter, angry exes. And uh, that's been astonishing. And moreover, just the uh, unbelievable financial demands that are put on men that are so unrealistic. The courts... Um, Whatever the system is, and every state is different, that they that they um, they utilize to determine what child support and alimony uh, is, is so antiquated that fathers that here's an example. Here's one father. He was from Pennsylvania. He he um, his baby mama. You know he didn't know she was pregnant. She moved 400 miles away, and he moved with her because he wanted to be part of his child's life. He had an eighty thousand dollar a year job. He moved 400 miles, and his pay got cut because he wanted to be close to his baby to $45,000 a year. The courts impugned on him that $80,000 a year income anyway. They didn't care that he wanted to be a larger part of his child's life, a major caregiver, do the 50-50 custody thing and actually partake in his child's life. The, so, so the courts are participating in the alienation of children in their father's lives. Again, the courts are saying, dad, you're not that important just keep working. If you got to work 17 hours a day, seven days a week to keep your family in Prada, that's what you're going to do. And if you don't like it, we're going to jail you and take away your license. And I, I, I don't think there's anything quite more disgusting, emasculating and bad for our country than, um, 
the destruction of men and to your end, Gino, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show that this is just part of a, a bigger system of undermining the American family, undermining men as head of household and just, um, you, you know, just it's soul crushing. And, and it's not good for children and it's it's really it's not even good for the for the mothers that are doing it but again the system is rigged too mothers don't want the kids at dad's 50 50 because the courts say mom gets more money if she has the kids more that's right. and that's what they want yeah. so yeah and it, we it, see it, that it, sorry to interrupt but we see the exact same thing when it comes to the child uh, cases we've been dealing with where they've used the mom, I, you know, in a system that maybe was designed originally to help going back, you know, maybe 30, 40 years when the mother wasn't out of the house as much as she is now and wasn't working. It, it was a fair system, so to speak. It worked most of the time, but that's not what it is now. Now it's just like you said, the, the father has been relegated to this role of you know the bumbling idiot he's fat and lazy he watches tv all day long eating chips right and yeah. could care less about his family which is i don't know a father like that honestly i have lots of friends and family i don't know one father like that yeah. uh, but it's just a shame what they've done it is it is so in our case i'll dive into our story um my husband you know was impugned just extraordinary amounts um, on him and nine months after signing the divorce papers um he lost his job and he was out of work for 15 months. So you can imagine he had his own home, his own, you know, $4,500 a month mortgage, a car payment, insurance, you know, paying for the kids insurance, splitting medical bills. And then you've got this other $7,500 a month that you got to pay to her, plus all these other expenses on top of it. He, he went under fast. I mean, after 15 months of being out of work, he liquidated his, all of his, he started liquidating assets, his savings, um, you know, his stocks, then sold his home, used all the equity in it to keep paying her and meet her demands until finally he could hold on no longer. And in 2017, we went bankrupt. Um, and at that point, um, she agreed that, you know, she would let it go. And we were um, in therapy because she would call us at two in the morning, send blistering emails and texts. And it was harassment for sure um, for, you know, years. And um, she came into therapy with us and she agreed that because had we gone into court at any time when John lost his job by law, he should have gone into court and mm -hmm. said, I've lost my job. I want you know, alimony waived, there was no need in the first place. And then she would have been paying him child support. So over the last seven years, he'd been out of work about 50 months. And every time if he went back to court, she would have been paying him. You know, she's a senior vice president at Marsh McClellan, you know, the average salary range is from 300 to $700,000. So let's just say she's making 400, her house is worth 950 thousand almost a million dollars you know we at this point have a negative net worth <laughs> we're just crawling our way out back from you know six years out from the bankruptcy and now the court she went into court got a got an order this year this yeah just in march and we don't find out about it until august so for five months this has been uh you know an open item and and then lawyers we called actually blamed us for non not non-service. We weren't even served anything. And it was our fault because we didn't keep um our address up to date. This was an open closed case back in 2011. The children are almost the children are pushing 30. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, these aren't children anymore. And it's just it's absolutely 
extraordinary. And the kids don't want it. They've called their mother saying, please don't do this. And we did hear back from the oldest, Jack, who, who said, yeah, I called mom. I told her, why are you doing this? And he, her response was, because he deserves it. Not I need the money, not I'm up against or it, kids. or the kids need the money or something. He deserves it. And this is absolutely the weaponization of the courts. Absolutely. And a woman that's worth well over $2 million um, and us, we will be homeless in two months. The, the, um, the garnishment kicks in this Friday and they're going to garnish 55% of my husband's wages. No questions asked. They didn't ask for verification that the figures she presented to the court were accurate. They never called John to say, did you pay her? And she's making up a lie. Just carte blanche. You can walk in if you're, if you're a mother in Colorado and you've got a court order for, uh, for um, child support or alimony, you can go in and say he didn't pay it and garnishes wages and they don't even call you and tell you about it next thing you know you get a court order i don't think we should be saying this because this is giving ideas i mean this is literally <laughs> no seriously this is literally the case if you any divorce let's say it runs for five years and 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 the you know the the husband is required to pay let's just say you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars over that five-year period there you know there could be no other adjustments they the 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 spouse can literally go in, say, I'm sorry, they never paid, uh, and and file suit. And in our case, there was no service, right? So there was no, you know, like in the movies where the sheriff shows up and right. hands you papers, or a registered mail, or even an email. They sent something in the mail, supposedly. The point is that we never got it. And and so the this went all the way through the courts from I'm I'm thinking it started in February or March of 2023, and then I was notified August 17th mm -hmm. via email with a writ, a signed writ from the judge. You're going to be garnished six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's it's wow. unbelievable. It is crazy. Plus, she's coming for all her legal fees and. Um you know, a college fund she claimed John took, even though she took, you know, the other kids to college funds. Um, it, it's just extraordinary. Um, as a paralegal, I look at all of it and even the allegations they make in the paperwork that, um, you know, you know, John's under court order to pay. It's like, there's no court order. The, there, there's been no activity on this case since 2011. And, you know, it, it sort of proves that there was a verbal agreement in 2017 when she agreed to forego it after we went bankrupt from paying so much. John paid her well over $300,000 plus tens of thousands of dollars in non-conforming child support on top of that. And, you know, here she is a millionaire in her own right. And, and she's going after more. And the court says, that's okay. You can make two people homeless. You can, uh, and, and they'll just keep jailing people. There was a there was a story one of our lawyers, one of the original lawyers we talked to told us about this gentleman in Douglas County, Colorado, who, like John, they used a mediator. The wife at the time was making 200000 He was making 60000 And the child, the son at the time, was eight years old. So he signed, uh, like any father would, you know, yeah, I want to pay for my kid's college. Sure, I'll sign that. I'll pay. He's thinking the kid's eight. He's got 10 years. He's upwardly mobile. He's going to make more. By the time the child goes to college, he's got this. Well, the man's career stalled, and when it was time for his son to go to college, he was still making $60,000. The wife went to court, and 
pursued this. The kid's already graduated from college. This gentleman has been jailed. He was jailed originally for one year. And then he's been in and out of jail since. His $60,000 a year job is gone because now he's a jailbird. They took his driver's license and he can't even get to work. And so he ended up being a flag man on a construction site for $15 an hour. They garnish half his wages. He has to live on something like $5 an hour. You can't. He's homeless. And he looks forward to going to jail every other month because the great state of Colorado obliges him that way. He gets jailed for, for being a good father and saying, I want to pay for my kid's college. But he simply couldn't do it. He couldn't make the payments. And he gets punished that way. This is very, very wrong. He was alienated from his child life, his child's life because of it. And you have a mother who back then, you know, 15 years ago was making 200 grand a year. You can only think she's making, well, you know, way more than that at this point. And the kids graduated from college. It's not like he suffered or he didn't have food or a roof over his head. Very similar to our situation. You know, you got kids with veiled ski passes and you know, wearing Gorsuch and Prada, it's, you know, and it's just not enough. It's just extraordinary, the entitlement in our country, and even the courts place more value on, on dad being an ATM machine than just a good dad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, our good friend Tam Grawl in the chat said, uh, sounds like extortion. I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, it sounds like a vendetta also. And mm -hmm. I don't know how either of those can possibly be legal. You know, John, you brought up the fact that you received this, you know, email. It's not even a, you know, a hand-delivered letter, registered letter from the county or from the court or whatever. Uh, we see a very similar pattern when it comes to the foster care and when CPS shows up at these parents' doors. Many times there's no authorized letter from the court. It's just the police and CPS saying, we're, we're here to take your children. And without warrants, they'll come into your house. I mean, it's a it's a scary time we're living in. And I've made this comparison several times, but I think it warrants it. Uh, the brown shirts did the exact same thing back in Nazi Germany. We are yeah. very, very close to the tipping point, folks. And I, I know most people here that are patriots understand that. Um, but I don't think that's hyperbole. I think we are very, very close to that happening. And in mm -hmm. your case, I mean, I don't know how any right-minded person could think this is okay the children are all adults as you had said these aren't like little babies at home and they're you know deprived and depraved and all these things no these are grown adult children that have their own careers i'm sure and you know maybe going to school whatever but it's it, it has to be extortion what else would you call this bitterness i would call it bitter and i would call it uh leveraging the system i mean my suspicions are it wasn't all her idea. She didn't have that sort of imagination. I think she worked with a lawyer who saw dollar signs. And listen, they're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big part of this. When you have to deal with lawyers who are part of the problem to solve the problem, it's challenging. And they you have to go through several, almost every time, to find one who gives a bleep, you know, because <laughs> they generally don't. They generally they're looking for billable hours and it's a it's a it's counter to how the system should work. I mean, look, bureaucracy is it, it, it is in of itself not a terrific system to create efficiencies or a, a positive output, right? Mm -hmm. And the court system is representative of that, particularly the family courts, as we're finding out. But so we're we're actually starting. We're trying to turn this into a positive. I mean, this is 
this is absolutely crazy. The story is crazy. Um, hopefully we'll get through in the court, although I sort of doubt it technically, you know, we have some challenges. Um, but as Maureen mentioned, I mean, there are there is there is a lot of stories out there. And I, I think, Gino, you mentioned when this started, there were deadbeat dads. I mean, there was a challenge. I mean, women generally stayed at home and these dads who left the family and just went on and and did their own thing, that's unacceptable. And the system was probably set up to manage that. Today, you know, just because you have an XY chromosome versus an XX, you shouldn't be screwed in the courts. Women mm -hmm. making, you know, as much and they have the freedom to to do that. Um uh yeah, it's um it's a big, big problem. It mm -hmm. is. Uh Sylvia, do you see any similarities with what we've seen in many of our other shows? Oh yeah. All yeah, so many of the cases. It's the it's the same playbook. What I don't understand is why aren't the kids' ages taken into consideration? Shouldn't it stop when they turn 18? It should. It should 19 in Colorado. Um, but like I said, when when we went bankrupt because John had paid her well over three hundred thousand dollars and you know, no judge in the first place would have ordered him to pay that amount of alimony and he would wouldn't have ordered him to pay any. She didn't have a need. And 15 right. months, or nine months later, he could have gone to court and gotten it all waived because he was out of work. He didn't have the ability to pay anymore. So um, I don't know what's wrong with our camera. Sorry, guys. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's it's the way the laws are written. They're allowing it, you can't claw back. Like you can't go to in the court in Colorado and say, this all needs to be reopened and recalculated. This was fraudulent right out of the gate. They don't care. They just look at John and go, well, sorry, pal, you should have gone to court back in 2015, 2016, 2017, whenever, when the kids were still young enough, you know, now they're all adults. You didn't do it in time. So now you're stuck with this. And what I don't understand is why isn't that same threshold, the need and the ability to pay still in force? She has less need now. She's making, you know, probably about 400 grand a year. She's worth a couple million dollars. You know, we're on the verge of homelessness in two months because of this. And we went bankrupt because of this, um, you know, generosity and paying and paying and paying. And, you know, it, it's like the court just looks at it and says, it's your problem. You should have fixed it, you know, years ago. I, you know, I want to add one. One thing that's, that's apparent is when I was growing up, I was always taught, you know, you do the right thing, particularly when people aren't paying attention, you know, in, in God's eyes, you know, you're going to be judged on, on your behavior and, and the, those decisions you make when no one knows. Right. At least I, you know, I try to do the right thing. I'm not perfect. I make plenty of mistakes and Maureen does too, but you're, you're trying, you're, you're thinking about those and you're making your judgments and you're trying to do the right thing based on you know, your own moral standards. And the, the, in this case, it, there's there's obviously an opposite to that. People yeah. make bad decisions. They do evil and, and bitter and nasty things when they know no one is paying attention. And that is a problem these days because there are more of those people for whatever reason that are willing to do things that are morally questionable and, and they think no one's paying attention and that's just not right. You know, and and unless we can call them out and, you know, shaming used to be a thing back in the day. You know, people didn't right. get abortions because it was shameful. Now it's, you know, 
praised, celebrated, yeah, celebrated. For sake. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. this is this is along those, you know, that way where, um, it, you know, it relies on people to have moral judgment, and of course, more and more they don't. And I mean, this is an exact example of that. She doesn't, she doesn't need to, doesn't need the money. The kids don't need the money. We made a verbal decision back in 2017 because. I paid as much as I possibly could. And I went through a struggle with, was in the tech industry, went through a struggle, it happens. And, mm -hmm. you know, and you can, as a man, you continue to pay because you feel like it's your obligation. And, and you're gonna take the hit, you're gonna do whatever it takes to make sure the kids are happy, your ex-wife is happy, and you try it and you go as far as you can. And then when you reach the end, you're hoping for some grace, at least. And this, that's not what happened in this case. No, and we would have gone back to court, um, but she's told us in front of, you know, a therapist and she admitted to two lawyers that she was going to forego everything. So we thought, well, if she doesn't go back to court, this is our agreement. I mean, why, the courts are so overcrowded. Do, do you know what I mean? Like as long as right. agreement, right. it's witnessed by two people, the Colorado courts won't allow the witnesses. They won't allow um, the agreement, but one oral agreement they always allow is, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you God? That's oral, and if you if you lie to the court, you know they're going to bring you up on perjury charges. Boy, that oral agreement's going to hold, but they mm -hmm. won't allow other ones. So I think the courts really need to decide, you know, what are you going to allow and and what aren't you? And isn't the whole point of court to get to the truth and and you know and to get some justice? And if you can't bring in all the truth and all the facts because they you know cherry pick what can come in i i just think it's wrong we saw that with the j6 hearings um and we, we've seen corruption in the courts with with trump's cases and stuff you see corruption right from the top down right down to the family courts and the courts themselves weaponize children you know they will deny fathers access to their kids because they owe child support that is wrong i mean yeah. you know there's this big push, you know, fathers, fathers be in your kids' lives, but the courts and the mothers are the ones putting fathers outside of their children's lives and relegating them to the to the position of just being nothing but a walking wallet. And it, right. I just, it's, it's horrifying. You, you yeah, mentioned the J6. The Go ahead, Sylvia. Well, I was just going to say that's the other thing that we've been observing is that there's a pattern with the court uh, going along with the abuser. Like you said, it's bitterness and it's revenge that the court goes along with the abuser and they are, they have been handing over the kids to the abuser um, and, and treating the victim like the abuser. It's, it's flip flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're so Sylvia, you know, in these men's group, I've, like I said, I've just been horrified reading all these cases. There was this one father who was married to uh, a woman who was a drug addict and she couldn't kick it. She tried, she ended up dying of a drug overdose. They have a three-year-old child. He's a good dad. He doesn't do drugs. He's never been in trouble with the law. The courts, when she died, the grandmother who raised the drug addict who died of the overdose goes to court and petitions to get custody of the granddaughter. She gets it. Mm -hmm. He's not a bad father, nothing. He, the child That's belongs crazy. with her parents. Father. And so the mm -hmm. grandmother who raised the drug addict gets custody, and this man has to pay the grandmother child support. Child support, yeah. With his own biological child. How disgraceful is that? These courts need a complete overhaul. And so that's what we're, what we've done, you guys, is create a group. It's called the Fathers for Justice. Our website is going to be up on Friday, hopefully. Oh, great. Okay. 
with a yeah, donate send button. it to us. I yes. will. Fathers, I will. Fathers for Justice. And so, as we all know, I mean, we, you know, being in this freedom fight as we all have been for as long as we've been in it, all we hear about is the problems, the problems, the problems. And what we would really like to focus on is some solutions, um, bringing in attorneys and psychologists um, and, and paralegals to try mm -hmm. to come up with a way to revamp the courts, come up with some suggestions um, to, to make things better. One, one thing I can think- I, Can I help with some of those absolutely. suggestions? Absolutely, <laughs> I love it, Sylvia. Me too. Right, please. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's accountability and it's accountability on these judges. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to name the judge in your case, uh, you, our podcast is the perfect place because I don't think without calling these people out, without yeah. saying who they are and what they're doing to families, yeah. they're not going to stop. Absolutely. It's it's Magistrate Farrow at Arapahoe County Court in Denver. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I so we have to come up with some, some ways yeah. to fix it. But one of the things is I think and I think you guys are going to agree. A jury of your peers in family court is the way to go. We don't need a dozen, yeah. like five, you know, yeah. they will see through the baloney and the, the vengeful acts, the bitter acts, what's fair, far greater than any judge. And I think that's the way family court needs to go. You just folk, you're just up there in front of other folks. They're going to see through all the nonsense and make and make the right call. And I would bet you it's probably going to be right 95% of the time where I think the, the judges get it wrong 95% of the time. Yeah. The, I would venture to say, and I've said this a million times, mm -hmm. most Americans have no idea, unless they've been in the family court, they have no idea you will not be subjected to a jury of your peers. Mm -mm. Most people don't know that. It's, it's mm -hmm. one judge and it's a bunch of lawyers that are working together, all of them incentivized by the system. Yeah. And, right. and they work together in collusion and they railroad mm -hmm. families into you know oblivion. That's what yeah. they've been doing forever, and it's got to stop. And I've said also a million times, I, I thought, we talked about this a little before the podcast started, but I thought we have to go scorched earth. Like, it literally has to be torn apart and rebuilt. Yeah. Now, if if a jury was put in place, that would definitely help, but there also yeah. needs to be oversight, oversight and court cameras. Those are two very important things, because right now, you can't bring a camera there's no court cameras. There's no Zoom, you know, what Zoom watching yeah. or anything. No court yeah. watching. All of it is hidden under yeah. the cover of this thing of oh, it's justice, blind lady yeah. justice, and right. it isn't. If, uh, if real it quick was, before why don't they want it out there? <laughs> exactly. Real, bef uh, Marine. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, I want to uh, put a big shout out to uh, Real uh, WH. I think it's White House Grandpa. He's he's big on Twitter. We appreciate you shouting out the show tonight and getting all the viewers in. We appreciate you. If you guys can do us a huge favor, please click the uh, thumbs up button there on Rumble. That would help us tremendously with the algorithms. We're trying to break these algorithms. We're, we're starting to get more views. And when, when this patriotic crowd comes in, it's a huge deal. We love all of you. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. A little recap. We have Maureen Steele and her husband, John Serena on. Uh, they have suffered at the hands of the family court, which we talk about many times on this show, Rescue the Fosters. Uh, the family court is corrupt. We're trying to expose it. And what they've done to John is uh, his ex-wife basically is railroading him. Uh, it's, it seems like a vendetta. It's vengeance. It's greed. All the above. Uh, they're going after him. He has adult children that are more than capable of taking care of themselves at this point. 
and they are just extorting him for all kinds of money and literally uh, going to leave them homeless here in a couple months if things don't change. Uh, so we appreciate your prayers. Um, do you guys have like a give, send, go or anything set up, established? We have it set up for Friday. Okay. So uh, as soon as, as and great. Sylvia, the, the website is The Fathers for Justice. The Fathers for Justice. Yeah, we'll, we'll pass it along when we get it. Okay, up. yes, please. Yeah. Also, guys, I usually have a moderator over there on Rumble and here in the foxhole. Um, Tony is at work, so hopefully she will be here soon. So, Because I, I can't see all your questions and comments. I'm, I apologize. I'm doing my best. I'm a one-man show. So <laughs> I got everything's at uh, the helm here. So if, as soon as Tony jumps in here, she'll be able to help you guys. And if you have questions, go ahead and maybe put them in uh, all caps, and then I'll notice them, and then we can ask as we go along too. So uh, the mic's back to you guys. Thanks. Oh yeah, thank you. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna really make an effort to elicit some change to you know take this really unfortunate circumstance, but it's been heartening. Like I said, being uh, you know joining these other fathers groups and learning um, that we're not alone, um, but also that lights a fire in your belly to go. Wait a minute, this is outrageous. This is happening all over the country in every state, and all the rules are different in every state, and it's still. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still a horror show. I mean, as, as, as you know, Sylvia, the, the family courts are where the foster care program comes out of and kids are getting trafficked out of there. I mean, the whole family yeah. system is, is rotting from the inside out and, um, you know, major changes need to be made. So I would like to see, you know, particularly with our case in the state of Colorado, it going to the Supreme Court to, to, you know, redefine these laws and how the lower court should, you know, um, apply them you know some of them are written so ambiguously and so loosely it's it's left for the family court judge or the magistrate depending on their mood or whether they like your hair and the color of your sweater that day you know how they're going to apply that law and it just simply isn't fair you know as we know from watching everything today it, it is an equal justice under the law and it's not applied equally and um, in particular in family court it just seems that if you know if if you're a man um, you know, you're going down. Right. Um, I, I, go ahead, Gino. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of the things that I've, I've sort of gathered in the, the few weeks we've been talking to lawyers is the, the nuclear bomb is the child support. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like calling somebody a racist these days, you know, whether you are or you aren't just the label is punishing. You mean, you mean like you didn't pay it? Like a well, yeah, dad? yeah, like yeah. you're a deadbeat dad. Right. I mean, I paid three hundred thousand. My kids, full college, uh, you know, lift ticket. They they didn't they didn't want for anything, ever. <laughs> and so, the notion of of uh, anything I did that was less than or skimped on anything for the kids is nonsense. And to so, you know, to for the for the courts to to assume that and assume that you know this is a this is like the third rail and whatever you did nothing else matters you have to pay that mm -hmm. and it's like it's nonsense you know J just think through you know the, the notion of having a jury a jury would solve this in five minutes i mean the math is the math and right you know and it'd be easy it's a it would be a piece of cake but here we are you know, right. because there is no jury. And the notion that this all could have been undone six years ago, but now that it's six years later, you just have to pay it. There's no undoing it. Like, that's not okay. If it was unjust six years ago and 10 years ago, it's even more unjust now. So, right. 
they it's the way the laws are written and it's it's just not okay incidentally the children all had seventy thousand dollars in their um 529 account so each child had seventy thousand dollars to go to college one of the things shannon is claiming is our our youngest wilson is in uh, harm's way and will be caused harm because he chose to go to a school that is going to plow through his seventy thousand dollars in two years where he could have gone to like Montana State University and it would have covered all of it, maybe $5,000 short. And, and so, you know, you go to a $30,000 a year school, you're going to blow through your money. That's not John's fault, you know, and she, she wants that covered. And, and, and when you talk to your adult child, he was over 18 when John said, Wilson, I'm not paying for any more college. You know, we're just, you know, you got 70 grand, make it last, you know, go to a community college, do your gen eds there and finish it out. Anyone else would think that that's an entirely generous college fund. And, you know, um, we got a letter, she actually wrote to the court saying we're causing Wilson harm, irreparable harm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So egregious. So egregious. Um, you it, know, just yeah. uh, for the for the chat out there again, guys, uh, Maureen is also known as the mother of the People's Convoy. She helped organize the um, trucker movement here in the United States. And Maureen, that was collaborated with uh, Canada, correct? Uh, well, the Freedom Convoy was in Canada. It Freedom, was the sorry. Yes. Point that was cooperated with Canada. That was the I, when the Freedom Convoy launched, we I organized the four rallying points in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, mm -hmm. uh, Sweet Sweetgrass, Montana, Holton, Maine, and the Peace Bridge in New York. And um, that was the first time in world history that two neighboring nations joined forces like that to protest their respective governments. So that was that was history making, and it was then I started organizing the People's Convoy and the American Trucker um, to go across the country. We left Adelanto Stadium and went to Hagerstown, uh, Maryland. Uh, you know, it was just an amazing experience. We have a good country out there, guys. It's, we do, and there's a lot of patriotic people out there. And, uh, you know, that whole trip, people were thanking me for doing something and uh, standing up. And and so I'm standing up again <laughs> yes. know, for, for, for people that are in family court and, and these corrupt laws and, and we need to elicit change. So, you know, the father's um, the father, the father's for justice is going to be hopefully uh, an organization that can get that done. Well, thank you for all you did with the Truckers Convoy. I remember uh, watching that in real time, and uh, you were on Me War Room too. several times, got to watch you mm -hmm. there, and really appreciate all the work you did. I know that you probably didn't sleep much during that uh, no. <laughs> that time frame, <laughs> I, I would guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I wish, I, I've said this, another, this is another thing I say repeatedly on the show, probably ad nauseum, but I wish we could clone certain people and just have them placed in strategic locations across the United States because <laughs> people like Maureen and John and Sylvia and some of the other people we work with on Megan Walsh's case, it's it oh, it would help tremendously tremendously if we had like-minded people that got together, banded together, and could accomplish some great things. Because this is is this is a government problem, but it's also a we the people problem. Mm -hmm. If we don't do something, it's on us. We're the only yeah. country that it's it's supposed to be run by the people, and mm -hmm. it isn't right now. It isn't. Uh, we've we've let all these people, like you said, John earlier, the the bureaucracy is just off the chain, off the charts, and we have allowed these people with no accountability to keep doing what they're doing. So why wouldn't they? If they're criminals, they're a criminal's not going to stop being a criminal if he's getting away with it. Exactly. And that's mm -hmm. that's what we need. We need a very active, uh, you know. Hopefully, everybody here in the chats. 
hopefully, I, I would guess most people coming from uh, Grandpa's Twitter page are, are very active. <laughs> they're not just uh, standbys and watching. They're, they're actually participating. So we appreciate you all. But uh, with the foster care and Sylvia, uh, what she's doing with Rescue the Fosters, guys, it's very critical that people's voices are heard. And I know we think that our senators, our representatives, they don't listen. They do. They have, because if they get overwhelmed at the phones, uh, I, Steve Bannon's a perfect example of this. I mean, when Steve throws out to the posse, hey, give them a call, they're getting two, three, four hundred thousand calls. That's going to yeah. overwhelm those phone banks and things are going to start getting done. And that's what we have to do. Our voices right. need to be loud. We do it peacefully. We're not going to riot mm -hmm. like the other side has and, and cause the right. chaos they do. We do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I just uh, want to encourage everybody out there to go ahead and do that. Yeah. And, and to your end, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, anyone out there that wants to give Arapahoe County Court, you know, Magistrate Farrow a call, um, you know, that would be amazing to let them know that this is just this is not OK. Um, you know, this is an egregious breach of justice for certain. I was going to say, Gino, you're right. Accountability. I mean, you know, on that, <laughs> I, I went and joined Maureen on that. Um, that trip across the country. And that was the theme. You know, they just wanted accountability for really bad decisions. I mean, you hire people, you know, and, and they do a crappy job and then they get promoted. And it's like, yeah. what the, and, and same thing, the court system. I mean, the people involved in this in the court systems in Rappel, they don't care. They're, they're just, you know, they're on Netflix tonight watching, you know, the next version of whatever. They don't care what they mm -hmm. do they made and it, it affects people's lives and it in our case it's dramatic mm -hmm. and it's it, ruining our life and it doesn't have to be that way I mean it, 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 it doesn't have to be that I mean the, theoretically every spouse in Denver could go in the next tomorrow and claim that somebody hasn't made child literally and mm -hmm. and they could actually go through the process and start court activity and garnish people's wages. How is that possible? How is that possible in 2023? It shouldn't be, but it is. And you know, we're gonna chat about it and do this about it. But I, I like the fact that we're gonna actually, you know, create this site and hopefully have some solutions to push. Mm -hmm. yes. And then and then there it would be nice if there was accountability. It would be nice if if the lawyers and the people that are participating in this at least uh, you know, there was some sort of effect that said, you know what, you can't do this again and you get punished for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd like to get my legal, this is going to be expensive. It's going to be very expensive to defend this process and we may not win. We're going to go into and, debt over it. It's not like we have the money to do it. We're going to have to borrow money to try to defend this. And, you know, it's just extraordinary. It never should have been in court in the first place because it never would have been awarded to her in the first place. And she would have been paying John child support when he was out of work. It's, you know, and they just won't go back and recalculate the math. You can't do that in Colorado. And Gino, can I add one thing? Sure. You never had my profile up in my bio. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I hit, I hit 350 my junior year in college, college baseball, UC Riverside. Wow. It, 21 home runs. And uh, that's what, probably what, what position. Let me guess. You were uh, third base. I, I catcher third base. Yes. I was going to say catcher first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You look, yeah, yeah. You look like nice. a catcher or third baseman. Yeah. Excellent. It's, that's not a, that's not a compliment. It, you look like a so catcher. what was that about? Yeah. I know. <laughs> was that what, what 15, 20 years ago when that all went down? Yeah. 
yeah, a few years back. <laughs> I was just, I was listening to the whole bio go, honey, you're famous, you know, and right. really have a bio. Well, you know, I take the dogs for a walk. I used to surf a little bit. You know. Well, John, if I knew you were going to be on the show, I would have included a bio for sure. So we oh, will. I, if, love, if, I love drafting. If, I draft if, behind if, okay. <laughs> if you feel so inclined, you can send me an email and I will add it to the description. <laughs> <laughs> no, we at are, least you guys we are, can yeah. laugh at, at least you guys still have your sense of humor i mean like well, i know we gotta use that you know what else yeah got? yeah i mean you're the whole country right now is just in this like downward spiral we feel like we're all going down the toilet and yeah. it's like there's days you wake up and you, you first of all you can't believe it's actually happening but then you're mm -hmm. like okay i gotta get it together i gotta go work do you know pay the bills i gotta do this 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 and that right all the stuff that you do and they know that the other side understands this better than us. And if they can keep you busy and make you have to work the extra hours and do the extra things to just get by scrape, you know, two nickels to get by. Yeah. They've won. They've won. Right. They know it. They know mm -hmm. that. And it's, it's, it's a simple plan, but it's brilliant at the same time. It's brilliant, brilliantly evil, yeah. but yeah. it is brilliant nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I for sure have thought of that, Gino. It's like, you know, it, it, this for this to come out of left field, you know, if there's no action on this case, no emails, no nothing for 12 years, and then all of a sudden this just comes out of the woodwork, you know, I have thought, is this a political hit? Did someone get to her and say, you know, do this? Uh, you know, you just don't know. I mean, because you see this happening all over the place where they just try to wipe players off the chess, you know, chessboard. And so... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll unwind and we'll find out the truth in the end. But um, yeah, in the meantime, we just got to keep fighting the good fight and staying positive. And, you know, we just posted on our Facebook page. It's John Maureen Serena. You can't put an and on Facebook. Um, John Maureen Serena on Facebook. And we posted our story there tonight. And, you know, we had so many friends calling us all evening um, since it was posted. Even friends, you know, friends that you we're really close to in love, but you just, you know, you might go a few years without talking sure. to them and they're calling like, we love you. Oh my God. We had no idea this was happening. And, you know, so you, you, you know, this is where you separate the wheat from the chaff too. You know, yes. you, you know, who your friends are and who's going to support you. And, um, you know, we're just, we're very lucky to have the friends that we have and, and we're strong and, and we have a lot of faith in God and, and each other and we'll get through it. But, um, it's going to be scary, I think, for a little while. Well, yeah. sometimes fear is a is a very good motivator, for sure. Mm -hmm. I know I've had several situations in my life where I was very fearful, but, you know, it always, it just seems to work out, especially if, if God's at the center of your life, he's going to work it out for you. Um, all things work together for good to those that love him. So that's, I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm getting really yeah. down or depressed about where things are going, either personally or with our country. Um, mm -hmm. But Sylvia, I, I find it absolutely fascinating how closely this resembles everything we talk about every week on Rescue the Fosters. It just seems like it's the same pattern, the same playbook these people use. The, first of all, in, um, I'm not exactly sure as far when it comes to divorce cases and, and things like that. On the foster care side of it and the adoption, what we've seen is Title IV-E funding is, uh -huh. is the incentive. So when, when uh, ASFA was passed back in 97 through the Clintons, or yes, the Clintons, those Clintons, yeah. um, that incentivized the system, and it became this money-making machine. 
It's just an ATM spitting out cash for all the, and it's all 50 states. It's not just one state. Mm -hmm. It's all 50. And it is a huge part of the uh, budgets of these states. I mean, like billions of dollars. We're not talking hundreds of millions. We're talking billions of dollars. And it's trafficking our children and tearing apart families. So I'm so glad that Maureen and John came on tonight to discuss the other side of this. Uh, in the beginning yeah. of the show, I talked and about book. We wanted to bookend the family court so people understand what is going on. Go ahead, Sylvia. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I was just thinking about the Title Four e and Title Four d is the one that's child support. So Maureen, that's what you need to look into. So actually it's funding all of our cities um so title four, uh, 4e is for the foster care title 4d is the child support and if you look into that you will start to see and you'll also start to see how the judges are getting paid how the lawyers are getting paid and why they are in on this um and i'll i'll text it to you but it is roman numerals so when you when you look it up it's title 4-d funding that is the child support title 4e funding is the foster care system mm -hmm. um and i believe i'm not sure exactly but jack pendergrass has done a lot of uh podcast on the child support part part of it because it's the same it's kind of the same concepts that they have on the foster system that they do on the child support system mm -hmm. uh, and that is really something that we want to and that would be something good for your organization to go after the funding uh, mm -hmm. because that's where you want to really grab them. But the, the, the judges and lawyers are making money off of your child support. So they're bankers, not judges. <laughs> right. I think yeah. also, Sylvia, they make money off the garnishment. They yeah. make money off these garnishments. And it goes into their retirement, I believe. Um, right. So, I mean, how how, mm -hmm. how tough is it to figure out when you have all the, the components of the court system incented to maximize billable hours and punitive acts for them to facilitate the process? I mean, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out this is counterproductive. And it's been it's like not rocket science. It, no. it it really isn't. And 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 this is this is not to impugn the 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 mothers of which Maureen is one who who went through very challenging marriages and very challenging divorces where there was abuse and other things that that shouldn't stand for or a deadbeat dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, they mm -hmm. those people are. I mean, that is unacceptable. And so when dads do the opposite. Dads stick their necks out. Dads take the, they take the extra abuse, the extra financial risk. And in my case, you, I mean, you go bankrupt. You, you do as much as you can. That you, that should not fall into the same system. It should be considered, you know. And and any logical or reasonable citizen would. But the system yeah. isn't set up for that, Sylvia. To your point, they're not incented to to do that. Yeah. And you know, that's why they go along with the child support. And that's why they go along with any parent that can walk in there and say, hey, my ex didn't pay this. They're like, oh, great. That's my retirement. Let's get him. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah. Just incredible. It is an incredible thing we're up against, this machine. But, you know, it's a big, it's a racket. 
And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think we're going to win. I really do. I believe Americans will yeah. stand up to this injustice and it will end. Um, I don't know how long that takes. I'm hoping sooner than later. But I do believe we will win this war because this is our country to lose. And it's also our country to gain. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we have a lot of good people still. We really do. We do. And I'm on this one, Gino. So I'm hoping we win. Yeah. I'm, I'm and a once, die girl. <laughs> yeah. And once Maureen gets, gets her teeth into a bone, she's not letting go yeah. of that thing. So no. I know <laughs> she no. is tenacious and we love that. We all yes. have to be that way. We have to. Otherwise, yeah. how do you, how do we fix it? We can't. It's impossible. Yeah. So you guys, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be in Oregon with Megan. She's. Oh, good. Oh, yay. I didn't Excellent. tell you that before. So no, yeah, the cool. big city event in Oregon for the, um, for the uh, ranchers and farmers out there. Um, so anyway, I'm excited because I've, you know, I've talked to Megan many times on the phone and we've sure. all talked, you know, I've, you yes. know, anyway, so I'm very excited to actually meet her in person and we'll be sharing. Oh, yay. I, yeah. you know, can you remind, uh, what, what was the name of the event? Do you know yet? I know Ian Trachi oh, is the one heading gosh, it up. I know I, it is. It's I was, and I, I was you know, texting with him last night and I forgot what it's guys. I, we will uh, keep an eye out on our channel here because I will post it for Ian. Ian's been on uh, with me on, on one of my other shows and Ian's a great guy. Ian is heading up this huge, massive event out in Oregon uh, for the farmers out there and ranchers. And um, he's got a great list of people that are coming to speak. Um, I think they, they have a country artist coming to sing too, I guess, to perform. Um, but yeah, Megan, yeah, Spudrich, oh. that's right. And, um, and then uh, Megan Walsh will be speaking. Uh, gosh, there's a, the list is so long and I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I should have had that available. Uh, but that's great, Maureen, that you're going to be there uh, because this is another mm -hmm. aspect of our life they're trying to destroy. I mean... Yep. You know, how much more farmland does Bill Gates need to buy up in America and the Chinese? I, I think, yeah, that's another it's real big problem. Our country. It's, well, it's horrible. Oregon's going through, I mean, there's some interesting legislation going on there with gun control and, and mm -hmm. just, you know, the <laughs> popular vote and the allocation of, of land and votes there is really, it's challenging the system for sure. You know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, um, anything else? Any last words? Uh, where can people find you? Well, they can find us on Facebook at John Maureen Serena for now. Friday, our site will go live, um, thefathersforjustice.com. And, um, you know, I can be emailed at msteelpa at gmail.com. Any support from anyone would be greatly appreciated. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to you know evoke change on a on a very large uh, a very large scale. And I think uh, if we the people unite, and it can be done. Yeah. And Gina and Sylvia, we're grateful for the time. Really appreciate. Thank it. you. Uh, thank we're you so sure. grateful for you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, Maureen, as always, thank you for all your help. Yes. You've helped us tremendously with uh, connections, especially uh, that we need. Um, I I would like to uh talk about getting megan's case more center front and center and i think it would be a great collaboration where both of you could possibly yes. be on shows together discussing how the family court is doing what it's doing to families and that might be something we need to explore at some oh, point because megan's case is family court absolutely. i know i know i would absolutely mm -hmm. join forces with megan um this uh this needs to be 
blasted across the country. We should be touring the country talking about this. People don't understand how corrupt it is. I think it becomes so trite and so rote, you know, when you have a divorce that he's a narcissist, he's a jerk, or I got screwed in court. It, and it's not, it, it, everyone says it, but then there's these certain cases that are so egregious, so upside down and um, so unjust that, you know, they need a spotlight and these judges that are doing it and these laws that are in place that make it legal to do it just because it's legal yes. doesn't make it right. And I think, you know, just some common sense in the courts needs to be applied. And I certainly think a jury of our peers is necessary in family court, probably more so than any other court, because, you know, just common everyday folks are going to see right through it. You can't, yeah. you, can't you can't legislate or or. Um... Uh, judge based on the lowest common denominator it's just it th there's too many things that fall through the cracks and i think the the notion of having you know a few um jury people in there or you know i always had this idea where uh doctors have to go through a uh they have to go through an internship after they do their whole education why don't lawyers go on and, and serve on juries for a year and serve in these courts and see what the other side looks like. And they're, you know, why not, you know, yeah. put them through that for a year? Well, that would be useful. Here, I'm going to go full uh, conspiracy theorist right here. <laughs> and I don't think I'm very far off. The, the bar is a very corrupt organization. Right. And um, we've seen, we've seen lots of well-meaning lawyers take cases and all of a sudden I'll be darn overnight. They change their tune. I mean, like, like the, at the snap of a finger and I think they get a phone call an like email. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it, it happens right. really quick. Um, and, and these poor parents mm -hmm. have already spent money. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> none of these guys are really doing a pro bono. So, uh, it's, it's, a, everything's corrupt top to bottom. I, and, and like they I get said, paid I mean, somewhere. Yeah. You're so right. Sylvia. Yeah. Yeah. The money's funneling down one way or another to these people. But uh, yeah. guys, I will add all your information to the description on both Rumble and the Foxhole. Um, again, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Prayers out to you. you. The, chat, the chat loved the story. They were very pleased uh, and are also praying for you and saying best of luck. Um, you. Do you have the Give, Send, Go? Do you, is it just going to be under your names just so we can kind of get it out there ahead of time? It will be, and I'll, I'll give it to you guys on Friday. So if you want to okay. push it out on Friday, we'd really appreciate it. That would be great. We will do our best. Yes. Have right. a great night. Thank you so Thanks much for guys. coming on Rescue to Foster. Good night, guys. You take care. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Wow. Love Maureen. And I, that was a pleasant surprise to see John come on with her, too. I'm glad John got to join it so that folks could see the whole story there. Um, Maureen's yeah. such a patriot. All she did for the Truckers Convoy. Uh, here in America and then collaborating with Canada just that was an amazing feat that she did um, and you know like I said in the beginning of the show she's become a pretty good friend of ours um, just helping us with Megan Walsh's case anybody that's out there watching th uh, guys again thank you so much for joining us uh, grandpa we appreciate you so much every time grandpa pops in he's like we appreciate it. We really need that. If you guys can click on that thumbs up, we would appreciate that. Share, like, subscribe, all those things. That helps the algorithms. Um, and, and this show is really not about us. This is about children and what's going on with trafficking. And if I can just keep your ear for a couple seconds, guys, please don't leave. Um, if you can share this on Twitter and all your other social media, 
Um, th we're here, Rescue to Fosters, Sylvia's organization is here to save children from this destructive system that is foster care, that is the adoption agencies, CPS corruption, child protective services coming and busting down people's doors and stealing their children. And then also some of the police, uh, unfortunately, are involved in this stuff. So we are trying to expose it here. I also do another show, Let Our Children Go, on Tuesday evenings with Mark and Terry Stamen. They had seven children taken from them back in 2015, and uh, they are trying to fight the corruption also. So this is an epidemic we have in this nation that needs to stop, uh, and we won't stop until it's fixed. Uh, isn't that correct, Sylvia? That is correct. And please go check out Megan Walsh's story. Um, if you're new and you haven't heard of Megan Walsh, she is the daughter of John Walsh. Um, her, we are in the process of, uh, it's her daughter's case, um, but the judge does have to make a decision pretty soon. Um, so if you haven't heard of her case, please go over and follow her on Twitter. Um, and there's lots of TikTok, Twitter. I think she's, what, what is she on Twitter? She's TikTok? Uh, on TikTok. She, on TikTok, she got booted. So she's uh, she's recalibrated. She's back on there. She's the Meg. Uh, M-E-G. Mm -hmm. And then on Twitter, she's Megan underscore Walsh. And we are talking about John Walsh of America's Most Wanted Fame, in case you didn't know who John Walsh mm -hmm. was. He's also, um, he's on a show called In Pursuit right now with his son, Callahan. Um, <clears throat> we are trying to expose the fraud that's been going on for 40 plus years with the Adam Walsh case that happened back in 1981 when Megan's brother was uh, kidnapped and murdered. And uh, we're trying to expose all that. Those people are not very happy that we're doing that. And um, they came and took her three children away back in 2021, came back and got her brand new five-day-old daughter in uh, May of 2022. And, um, and right now, uh, we're, just, we're very close to finding out what's going to happen with her daughter, whether uh, full custody will be given to somebody else or back to Megan. So we would appreciate your prayers in that. Um, Megan's an intelligent woman. You can find her all over the internet. We've, we used to do a show together here. Um, we talked to her daily. Uh, Sylvia is her advocate. And we have a team of great people working behind the scenes trying to uh, get her children back and bring justice and remedy to her situation. And it is, it's horrendous and egregious what has happened to her. She's not a drug addict. She's not a child abuser. She's, she doesn't lie. She's only told the truth from the beginning. Her, you can watch, I don't know how many podcasts she's done now, but watch them all. The story stays the same. We, I've known Megan almost two years now, and I can attest to her character. And everything that they've smeared her with is absolutely false. And um, we will stand by her no matter what it takes to get her children back. So, And we do have the documentation to prove it. We do. A whole bunch. Yeah, we have bunch. so much, so much evidence, more evidence than um, the case with her uh, brother's death. I can tell you that. And ours mm -hmm. isn't skewed and made to look like something it's not. Ours is actually legitimate, uh, except courts just don't want to hear it. And no. lawyers don't want to take the case. You would think such a high profile case, Sylvia, people would want to hear about it. And some, you know, I don't know, some lawyer, if I was a lawyer, I'd, I'd say, oh, man, this is. I could really, uh, you know, bank some coin on this one and get my name out in the public, but I'll be darned. No one wants to take it. It's really weird. Nope. Yeah. Strange. Or they just throw it. It's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Again, please hit that, that, uh, 
thumbs up that really helps in the algorithms we would appreciate that sylvia any final words um just go please follow megan walsh look at her story look at what's going on in the foster system if you don't know anything about uh trafficking through cps and the foster system you can go to our website rescuethefosters.org um, you can reach out to us um, if you have any questions or uh, we're on twitter facebook uh tiktok where are we uh telegram yeah, pretty much we're, everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh too bad i wish tony was here because she would be putting all my links you know that yes. website and then everything would be posted right there but Tony had to work tonight, our moderator. Big shout out to Tony. We love her. Um, yes. And again, uh, thank you to uh, White House Grandpa. We appreciate you so much for shouting out the show. You've done it twice now. And um, every time he shows up, the numbers go up and, you know, the algorithms uh, get out there. And that really helps. So we appreciate you. Again, yes. uh, give, go thank give him so a follow much. on Twitter. Yes. Okay. Well, have a great night, everybody. Be blessed. And uh, let's see. What is today? Today's... Wednesday, right? I'm confused. Usually Tomorrow we do the show on really Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to yeah. be great. Our good friend Danielle Holm will be on and she's going to tell her. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's quite the story of um, yes. a lot of crazy stuff. But it uh, was, uh, but we can say that uh, her child was kidnapped through the yes. foster system. Yeah. And uh, right from the hospital, which we've seen so often, medical kidnapping type situations. So. Yes, we will be covering that tomorrow, 7.30 right here. Same place, Rumble and Foxhole. Thank you all. We appreciate you. Have a great night and hopefully see you tomorrow at 7.30. Take care. If I can find our outro. <laughs> I don't. I didn't have my glasses on, so I can't see. Here we go. Okay. Have, have, have a great night.